I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth Admission. It's election day. More San Franciscans will vote in this election than ever before, says John Arntz, director of the San Francisco Department of Elections. As of Friday, when this episode was recorded, 54% of registered voters in the city had already cast their ballot. Will the turnout percentage top the highest ever? That record belongs to 1944, when 86.82% of registered San Franciscans voted in the election that gave Franklin Delano Roosevelt his fourth term in the White House. John Arts discusses how this wild election and the COVID-19 pandemic have affected San Francisco voting, and when we can expect local results. Remember to cast your ballot and listen to the Chronicle's new six-part series, Chronicled, Who is Kamala Harris? Available wherever you get Fifth in Mission. John Arts, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Nice to be here, Heather. Hopefully I'll see you again in person one day. <laughs> <laughs> you will. Yes. So all eyes are on election departments around the country um, these days as Election Day is finally nearly here. And there's been so much talk about voter fraud. And um, did you ever think voting and counting ballots would come under such scrutiny? Yeah, it's just, it's really, the, the, these, are, these aren't new topics for elections. This is something that we've experienced in the past. Not not so much the act, actual fraud, but just conversations and stories and questions about how ballots are processed and are they safe and can the votes be uh, re- relied upon. Uh, yeah, this, this I think just perhaps the, the amount of attention given to, but th- these aren't new topics for elections. And how is your department dealing with all the chatter mostly coming from the White House about the idea of a stolen election or, you know, vote votes going uncounted? Um, does that change the way you do your job or you just try to ignore it and do what you always do? Well, we don't uh, we don't pay attention to all the news stories that are out there, not not just about one candidate, but also in other states specifically. And, and we don't try to respond to every issue that comes up, you know, in the news story or social media. It's, it's impossible. You just can't can't keep chasing that. So what we do is, you know, we have a good process here. Uh, we make sure that the information is available about our process. Um, and then when people come or we have interviews or we have observers, we just we show them the process. We're very open. Uh, everything we do is open to the public. And I, I think too, we have a reputation in San Francisco for having very open elections. So uh, if there are questions about the process, people aren't starting from, from zero about knowing how we run elections in San Francisco. There's a, there's a history, there's, there's a knowledge base on what happens in San Francisco. So uh, I think that when people do have questions, they, they, they get information that uh, is uh, in sync with information that they received from past election processes. So no, Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't, we don't chase the tail. We just keep moving (laughs) forward and, and, you know, and do our, do our job. Mm -hmm. And I know that there is a lot of trust in the elections um, department and system in San Francisco, but I don't think that exists right now in other parts of the country. And I was wondering if you have any thoughts on how, how we can restore people's faith in voting in the future after it's been so shaken this year. Well, I, I think uh, really what happens a lot of election cycles is there's a lot of a lot of energy around the process around around certain parts of, of voting or around elections. But then after once the once the uh, election goes through its cycle and the, and the votes are reported and you know and, and the elections are certified, uh, people kind of are okay with everything for, for everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might be some hot spots. In the country, there might be some close races that are drawing you know, a large number uh, of viewers and a lot of attention. 
But once that, that's the thing, elections aren't just one day. There, there are many days. They're actually, there are many months for us. I mean, we, yeah. we started this essentially in, in March as we're, as we're going through the, trying to finish the March primary. So it's just, it's really just moving through time and just giving information to people, uh, you know, making, making sure that we're consistent in what we do, that, that we're, uh, we're forecasting what we're going to do. So people expect our actions as we go through time. And then once we get to the election cycle and then I certify, I think this goes for other uh, jurisdictions as well. Then people realize, well, there really wasn't that much to worry about to begin with. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of uh, chatter. And how many years have you been in this position now? Uh, 19, coming up on 20, actually. Wow. Uh, have you ever seen so much buzz around any one election in your 19 years? Uh, I have. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. 2008 was a big election. That, and that was the, November 2000. And that was sort of, that's sort of the marker that, that, that we based our, our, our preparations on was 2008, just the, the amount of uh, activity around that election. But yeah, certainly. But again, uh, you know, elections can catch attention at different points in the cycle. Uh, they can catch attention before election day. They can also catch attention after election day. So, uh, yeah, we've 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 caught up. We've been in elections with a lot of attention and, and in different parts of the cycle. So, again, really, it's just a matter of you know setting our plans and, and moving through the the cycle through the days with uh, following our plans and and being open about the process. And so to um, ease people's minds, how does it work? So somebody drops their vote by mail ballot in the mail or in one of the drop boxes, or they go and vote in person, and then what happens to the ballot? So when the ballot goes into a post office box, like let's use the blue collection boxes, that's probably the best example. Uh, Those ballots are retrieved by the post office on a a near daily basis. And then those ballots move to uh, the post office's main facility on Evans Street here in San Francisco. Then from the Evans Street facility, they're transported straight to City Hall, where we do an initial scan on the ballots. Uh, when the ballots are dropped off at the polling places or in a drop-off uh, station, then we bring them directly to, to City Hall. So there's there's no uh, step to the Evans Street postal facility. And then we do an initial scan. Once we have the ballots in City Hall, we, we do an initial scan on uh, equipment here at the City Hall. We actually take a picture of the exterior of the, of the envelope so we can get the signature that's on every envelope. And then that equipment crops the signatures that it's captured for every envelope and they're exported to our registration database where uh, elections personnel compare the signatures that the voters placed on the envelopes to signatures that we have uh, on samples that, that are in the registration database attached to every voter's record. Then once the signatures are verified, we run the, the ballots through the scanner a second time to sort out those that were accepted and those that were challenged or, or need more review. Then the accepted ballots would go over to, and for this election, they go over to Bill Graham because of social distancing. There's not enough space in City Hall to do all the ballot processing, so we had to split apart our process. So the, the, the ballot processing happens over at Bill Graham, and the envelopes go into, a, we call it a ballot, extra, a ballot extractor, where it's, a, it's an envelope opening machine. The envelopes are open. We pull the cards out. Uh, once we pull the cards out, they, they're, they're folded in the envelopes. We have, we have people then have to break the crease on the cards to make them flat. Once the cards are flattened, they go into scanners. And so we scan uh, the ballots to pick up the votes that are on the cards. And then right now, since we're not after election day, we can't report any results. So we're not actually tabulating anything. So once, when we scan those ballot cards, we're collecting the votes on the, on the ballots. We're not tabulating, they're just being stored in, in a database essentially. Then after the polls close at 8 p.m., we, we press the button and that's when the election results appear. So you mean you have the vote count, but nobody's looking at it until 
a.m. Right. Okay. And how many people are counting and processing all these ballots? Uh, right now, we probably have around 100 people. Wow. In various state, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I already know who San Francisco is going to vote for for president, but there are also a lot of state and city issues on the ballot. And how long do you think it will take you to certify the local election? Well, we, well, the, so the local election, so the San Francisco, the state, the, the federal, the state, the local, the district elections, that the board has consolidated all those into one election. So there's no separate election just for the local. Uh, yeah, meaning San Francisco results. Yeah. So we have 30 days under state law to certify the election. Uh, and it'll take several weeks for us to go to, to, to go through the processes. We don't we don't just count the cards. We count the votes. We have to actually go through. It's called the canvas. Mm-hmm. And that's where we 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 put all the materials that were sent to the polling places, all the ballots, the voting equipment, the rosters. We have to go through all that and compare that information to what the vote reports are for each precinct. And then we also have to do what we call a manual tally of a selected number of, of precincts to compare the hand counts to the machine counts to show that the, the voting system is reporting the results correctly. So there's more process than just uh, running the cards through the scanners. So we'll, we'll take at least three weeks, I'd imagine, to, to certify. And depending on the volume, we could take the full 30 days. Any idea when we'll, act, we'll know the results? I know sometimes, often we, we basically know what happened before you've certified the election. Yeah, well, my cliche is the only time I, I project the winners when I certify the election. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we just we just run through the, the process. And uh, I mean, certainly at some point, the number of cards enhanced and process versus a spread between a, a contest or measure, you know, can give an idea of what's going to happen. But yeah, we don't we don't really put that sort of thinking out there. You leave it to us. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth in Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This election is also very unusual in that it's taking place during a pandemic. So how has that changed the way you're operating and how this election will, will run? Well, we had to change almost everything that we're doing in relation to the pandemic. I mean, the, the, I mean, the operational aspects of running cards through scanners and opening envelopes. That hasn't changed, but uh, we've actually had to take up more space in City Hall. So we've got we've got almost the entire one side of the building here in the ground level of City Hall. We'll be using the North Light Court for our election day phone bank. We've had to shift operations, uh, three different operations over to Bill Graham Auditorium. Then for this election too, we had to rethink the polling place uh, voting, you know, in relation to the pandemic. Uh, so a lot of the a lot of this election has just been us trying to understand one, what the protocols are, because as, as we've gained knowledge about the, the virus and how it, you know, how it spreads, you know, it's affected how the protocols have been set. Uh, we've worked closely with DPH on trying to establish uh, protocols, health and safety protocols for this election. And that's just taken, that's taken a lot of uh, time and attention for us that normally we would be focused on election planning. We've been just really thinking about health and safety. And then we applied the health and safety uh, plans to, to voting. So it's, it's changed a lot, but the the goal really, and I think we, we've achieved it, is that voters won't experience a lot of change themselves. Uh, they'll get a, most voters will get a, well, nearly everyone will get a ballot for this election in the mail. They'll vote that ballot, they'll send it back to us. They're not going to experience any change whatsoever in, in the voting process. That the polling places for folks that want to vote in person, uh, there'll still be ballots being issued, poll workers, uh, the tabulators will be there so they can get their card scanned. 
but they're going to see that just like we had a grocery store, there'll be social distancing if there's a line. Uh, masks required, I'm assuming. Mask required, PPEs available, uh, the, the, everything set apart at least six feet. There, there'll be a capacity of number of people in the space depending on the, on the number of voting booths. Uh, and then also we, we moved the, 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 the red ballot box that's inside the polling places to the, to the entrance of the voting area. I don't mean outside the building, but just if it's inside the building, it's, it's at the entrance of the voting area, just to reduce the number of people that go into the voting area. Uh, but again, for, for the most part, I mean, we're, we're used to lining up now at places. We're used to face masks. We're, you're going to see that at the polling places. Uh, but everything else is the same, and that's really been the goal. Uh, but it, and outside City Hall, we've got the, the voting center, the early voting uh, operation. Normally, that's in City Hall and the ground floor. For this election, the voting center is now an outdoor operation. Uh, it's, it's on the Civic Center Plaza and on Grove Street. Uh, so, but besides the fact that it's outdoors, it's still the same process for the voters. So they won't really mm -hmm. experience changes. So, for do us, you have as many? Go ahead. No, sorry, do you have as many polling places as as normal open? Yeah, yeah so we have the same number. Oh wow! So we have the same number of, of polling places uh, this election as we had March. Well. 588 polling places on election day. Wow. And the idea behind that is that, again, it's, it's also in response to the pandemic is that polling places are with or within a few blocks of where people reside, so they don't have to travel throughout the city to, to, to go vote if they want to vote. In yeah. Um, and have you gotten any indication yet of how many mail-in ballots are coming in? Does it look like a big turnout and a big portion doing the early voting and vote by mail? So, so far we have uh, 279,000 votes cast in this election. Wow. And that's a 54% turnout at this point in the election cycle. And that's, that's the largest turnout that I've seen since I've, since I've been director. And, I, and since early voting really wasn't offered in you know, previous decades before yeah. I got here, uh, this is the highest turnout at this point in the election cycle for any election in the city's history. Uh, 210,000 of the 279,000 came back to us in the mail. Uh -huh. uh, the post office is getting those ballots back to the department so that we can count them. And then 63,000 ballots have been dropped off by voters here at the voting center uh, on the Civic Center Plaza. And then we've had 6,000 people uh, vote at the outdoor voting center so far. So any idea what you're expecting for the total turnout to be? Well, the marker is uh, 2016 and also 2008. In 2016, the turnout was just under 81%. And then in 2008, the turnout was just over 81%. So that's our that's sort of our starting point of what the turnout is going to be for this election, uh, but at this point, with 54% already having returned their ballots, and we really haven't got into the the big push yet into election day, I'd expect it will exceed 81%. Yeah. So anticipating the biggest turnout ever in San Francisco history. It will be the the the, the it'll be the largest number of people voting for sure. Uh, as far as the turnout percentage, that that remains to be seen. I don't know if we'll get to the highest, but. The, the most people certainly will, will vote in this uh, in this election in the city's history. But 81% is the all-time record for turnout. No, it, it's, it's been higher. It's, it's a, oh, okay. like, yeah. In the early 60s, there were a couple of elections with higher turnouts. I can't remember the numbers off of my head. Uh, but there are also less people in the city that were, were right. casting it. Okay. Interesting. I bet we'll see a, a very high turnout, maybe record-breaking. And do you have any thoughts on how many people will vote in person? Because there was speculation early in the pandemic that nobody would be venturing outside to, to actually go to their polling place on Tuesday. Yeah. But that, do you think that people will want to do that? Yeah, I, I do. And that's that's sort of that's one of the interesting aspects of this election for me, at least, because when the pandemic, because we, we were actually in the pandemic and we, we were still conducting the March primary election. 
And so uh, when when the the shelter at home uh, uh, guidance was issued, we were actually still conducting election here. And then when I certified the March election, I was like the only person literally at City Hall, yeah, and, you know. And uh, but so then we had to start planning um, for the for the March election for the November election. And then the concern was vote by mail. We you know we wanted everyone to vote by mail so they could they could shelter at home and still participate in the election. So, but then when the legislature, the first the governor, then the legislature in the end of beginning of June, end of end of June, and also the city at the end of May, uh, indicated that all counties would would mail ballots to voters. There was a switch immediately to like how how will in person voting occur. Uh, so there's still a very strong um, uh, desire for people to vote in person. And then of course in California. There's, there's same day registration. So people who aren't registered at the registration deadline can still go to a polling place or go to a voting center and register. So, uh, but with that said, with everyone getting a ballot, I, it, it will affect the, the, the amount of in-person voting at the polling places, but there's still a lot of people that wanna go to polling places to vote. Um, there's still people that wanna go to polling places to drop off their vote by mail ballot. Because polling places still have a very strong poll in San Francisco, people still like uh -huh. to go. So even if they're not voting at the polling place, they go to drop off their ballot and get their I voted sticker. And, and, and those are big. Those that's, stickers. That's very important. <laughs> those stickers are very important. Uh, but then also with the uh, people that aren't registered, I don't know how many people would come to register at the polling places on election day. So it, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to, to to project, but I still think there would be a, a good number of people going to polling places on election day. And what do you do after a presidential election? Do you just like go into hibernation or what is your personal plan? Uh, well, we will be processing ballots for over three weeks, you know. <laughs> but when it's all said and done <laughs> and you can breathe. Yeah, you know, I just uh, don't try not to do anything for a little bit. Just uh, yeah. just kind of melt in front of the TV set, really, for a few <laughs> days and, and pick myself up and, you know, think of something to do. But yeah, yeah. It, becomes, it becomes your habit. I mean, you're just going to work every day for, for weeks on end and it's it's it becomes what you do. And then to, to, yeah. to shift gear sometimes is a bit of a challenge. Great. Well, you've survived my serious questions and now it's time for the lightning round. Okay. Where's your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Before I used to go to Beach Burrito on Judah Street. That's uh -huh. where I live, but they closed. Say, uh, I've been using delivery service. Uh, and there's a place called the Taco Shop. And I actually, okay. I've not been getting burritos, but I've been getting their, their, their nachos. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, uh, really good. Uh, what is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, yeah, I'm really not much of a movie guy, to be honest with you. Um, I, you know, the only thing that comes to, to mind is like the Hulk. Yeah, uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's a good one. Doing the thing on the bridge, yeah. Uh, where's your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Back when bars were open. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not really a bar person. Actually, <laughs> you're not a movie guy or a bar no, guy. No, I'm not. Yeah. I, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I mean, I like wine, I guess, more than I do a stiff drink. So uh, when I have time, I like to go up to Napa and do the, the, the tastings up there. But it hasn't happened nice. in a while, obviously. What was the last book you read? Oh, it's, I haven't read a book in a long time. <laughs> Seriously, I have not. Uh, Too busy. I read The Chronicle. Oh, thank uh, I, you. I have a subscription to The Chronicle. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, yeah. But no, I've, I've not been a book reader recently, I admit. And do you remember what your first concert was? No, I don't actually. Um, no, I, I was in the band in school, so I, if that counts, oh, yeah? you know. That, what instrument did you play? I played the the trumpet and the French horn. Do uh, you still play? No, not anymore. No, I, I, I pull <laughs> out sometimes, you know, just like to make myself feel bad. But um, no, I guess it's, it's I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Okay, and there are many unusual polling places in San Francisco. Do you have a favorite? 
No, I, I love all of our polling places. <laughs> it's I, like picking your I, favorite kids. I love kid. them all equally too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very glad that we have them. And I, and I appreciate all the polling place owners that have stepped forward for this election, especially. Yeah. Um, there are some polling places that are new this year, and it sounds like uh, because of the pandemic, some places that wouldn't have been open for a polling place before can now open like the Balboa movie theater, um, which is one of my favorite places in the city. Um, are there any ones that you were particularly happy to bring on board? Uh, no, honestly, I'm, I'm so, we, we were so concerned about getting polling places for this election and that we, uh, that was one of our major fears going into the cycle is not having enough sites to, 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 to agree to be uh, polling places and every, and I'm not exaggerating. We are, we are so thankful and appreciative of every, of every every location that is allowing us to use their space for a polling place. And there's many city sites like Reckon Park. You know, uh, we have some of the libraries, uh, we have garages, we have businesses. Every every location, we're just honestly, we're very glad that we have the space. Churches, yeah. 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 Do you think election day should be a national holiday? Uh, <clears throat> why not? I mean, to me, it more or less is so. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Why not? I, I think I think it makes sense um, for me, for, for my position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you most looking forward to about the pandemic ending? What is something you're not allowed to do now that you really want to do? I, I think just people just being people around each other again, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, not having to worry about the masks and you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, not freaking out if someone sneezes near you. <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, yeah. That I just I like for that all to end. I, I think that once once we get past that, I think we'll, we'll feel better about a lot of other things too. Yeah. And last question: What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Oh, I always give time to my cat. Uh, you know, I got I like like now I, I'm I'm I come home late, so now he wakes me up early in the morning, so I'm getting up actually earlier than I, I want to. I try to give him time so that uh, you know he, he feels like he still has a, a place <laughs> in the world too. But yeah. What's his name? Uh, Jojo. Oh, cute. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're really busy, so I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to John Arts for joining me today, to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode, and to you for listening. And if you haven't already done so, go vote.